Welcome to Highway Diary. I'm your host, Eric Hollerbach. With me, my old friend from Austria, Krista Reiser. How, how are you? Um, I'm fine, but actually it's Risa. Lisa. The Risa, the um the I is before the E. It's Risa. Lisa, yes. Uh, mm -hmm. sorry, you know. But don't I, worry about that. I don't know how to pronounce your name really. Uh, your well, last name, I mean. I have a garbage New Jersey accent as well. So I learned German, but you can't take the white trash Jersey out of my accent. So uh, Krista Liesler. Um, Lisa, yeah. Um, so I, I have to say this. So I just uh, saw you in Austria. But before that, there was a guy, uh, a German politician. I think he's the head of his party. His name is Friedrich Merz. And I was <laughs> flying out on... Um, September 24th, 2022 is when I flew. And I was very dismayed because this, this Friedrich Merz character got on television and he said this. So help, help my audience translate this, okay? So mm -hmm. just, so, just so my audience knows, you're, you teach English in Austria. So you're very good at the English and, and German language. Uh, this is what Friedrich Merz said. Uh, so here we go. Dieser 24. September 2022 wird uns allen als ein Tag im Gedächtnis bleiben, von dem wir später einmal sagen werden, ich weiß noch genau, wo ich war. I mean, I know. Okay, so what did he say there? Um, he says, this day, the 24th of September, will always be a day to remember and we will always know what, where exactly we were on that day. And Something I was thinking that, that it would say about 9-11. Right, I have right. no idea what happened on that day. Um, so I was like, you know, does he know that the Hollerbach family is going to come and, you know, drink some beers? <laughs> what is he talking about? I didn't know that I was going to get such a... When I, when, I, when I just heard that, uh, I was wondering if there is anything that I missed, anything absolutely important that I missed. I have no idea what happened on that day. I wonder if he became the head of the party. Do you know this political character? Like, was he the uh, head yes. of his mm -hmm. party on I that think, day? I think he was head of party before. I think it wasn't that day. And it would be extremely egocentric to assume that everybody will remember that the day he become head of party. Mm. It's very I mean, German of him, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I will have to look it up. Do you know what happened that day? No. No, I mean, I was very much hoping that it was uneventful. I was like, is he gonna is he gonna invade Russia? You know, like what the way he was saying <laughs> it was like the man on the moon, you know, when Kennedy was assassinated. Like he was building it up like that. And I was yes, like, Yes, exactly. As I was uh, saying before, um, even though I was only seven years old when 9-11 happened, I remember what I did that day. So that's something that we remember. But about the 24th of September, I'm not that sure. Yes, I was hoping it would be a very uneventful day where I would get to my hotel and then, you know, have a dinner and then go to sleep with the jet lag. Like I was hoping to not remember that day, you know, and just mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. no plane mm -hmm. crashes, you know, just... just smooth smooth and and it was lovely every everything went great by the way i just have to say this um you, you saved my family in innsbruck because we were tourists we had no idea where we were we got these cable car rides up the alps 
And you, mm-hmm. you were texting with me and we were, you were like, well, which cable car? And so then I, I said some language from the ticket. I was like, this cable car. But apparently uh, the, what I said to you was just like the Alps. And it was like not helpful. <laughs> More or less. <laughs> so You were talking about the mountain range. Yeah, the mountain range. Mm-hmm. And you're mm-hmm. like, well, I was asking which. And I was like, you know, but that's what the word was on the ticket, the mountain range. I don't know. I know. I know. So, um, uh, yeah. Um, I just assumed that we would make it. And that's what we did in the end. So well, I expected that we would make it. You nailed it. You, you helped us out because we were in the Innsbruck train station and my ticket said that that's where the cable car started. And then mm-hmm. I took it to an information lady and she goes, no, you got to go to Congress Avenue. And I was like, I don't know where that is. And yes. then like a ray of sunshine, Krista comes in, she goes, hey, follow me. And then uh, we got right up. We were only there for like from 2.45 PM to 6.40. Mm-hmm. You got us on the thing, we had dinner. And uh, anyway, first of um, all, it was it was very wise of you to get a local to guide yes. you through Innsbruck, but it wasn't that wise of you to try to do that much within three hours or four. I but know we did a great job. We did, we? and yeah. uh, there was like a meeting place, like a punk like in the middle of the train station. And you, you know, you had like good stalking skills. You had good like surveillance uh, skills. So remember I'm a school to... teacher. That's what I have to do all of the time. Uh, I have yep. to keep an eye on everybody. Eyes in the back of your head. Exactly. We we ran into some of your your ruffian class. Yes. yes. Actually, he was expelled two weeks ago. <laughs> remember? Yes. I told he's... you he's kind of a bad guy. And as soon as he saw me in the street, he jumped on his skateboard and crossed the street just to get out of my way. You remember? Yeah, I remember. Um a couple of days later, he was expelled for choking somebody else because uh, apparently choking. that's a trend. Yes, that's trending on TikTok, and they would do it um, with the other person having agreed. So um, two people agree that they would choke each other until one of them passes out. That's trending on TikTok, and then one day he did that without the other person having agreed that's why he's not expelled okay so can i just uh picture this so two people go like this standing in front of each other choking each other and whoever passes out loses but it's like it's kind of like arm wrestling Mm, more or less yes so whoever (laughs) so so then but when you walk up to somebody in the cafeteria it's less uh less of a sport more of a, a crime yes it is it is a crime <laughs> I, I don't oh. get it i don't get it me neither i mean i don't I, even I, know I, what to say anymore uh so is that uh, so yeah he seemed like he was just skateboarding maybe he had a cigarette or a mountain dew and he was just like you know yeah. he's like getting ready for that whole street life thing exactly which is not it's not fun when you get kicked out of your parents house the street life thing it's just more like homelessness. But anyway, that's true. A friend of mine, she told me that now she's seeing him every day um, on the we have the Landhausplatz, which is the the space in front of our local administration building and city hall. Yes, more or less, more or less. It's for the it's for Tirol, not just for Innsbruck, the city, but for Tirol, the whole region. And 
it's a very popular place to skateboard. And she told me she sees him there every day. So he's living his life. Well, he could go to the X Games in America. You can make some money uh, being a professional skateboarder. You know, God bless the kid. It's probably yes. more productive than um, the, the choking battles. Mm -hmm, um, probably. <laughs> so let's talk about little rivalries because America and Canada has kind of a funny rivalry where Americans are jealous of Canadian healthcare but we don't want to move there because it's it's a block of ice. So we're like, uh, you know, and I've been there before. I went in uh, around Thanksgiving um, and it was minus 40 degrees. And at minus 40, Fahrenheit and Celsius are the same. And I remember, okay. so that's I the one- I was just gonna ask. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly where they meet is minus mm -hmm. 40. So it's the mm -hmm. same at both, uh, for, that's the only place they meet. But I remember thinking like, I cannot believe they built a city like Montreal in a place where it can get minus 40 every year. Like, why would you build? You could just keep going south and build, build. You want to build here? You know, I just remember being blown away. But it was a beautiful city. Montreal's gorgeous. Uh, and the people are very friendly, but they're freezing all the time. And um, so, you know, we kind of, you know, in South Park has all the characters in South Park have flapping heads, which is very accurate. Um, and then um, Australia and New Zealand, they kind of have a rivalry. They're both under the thumb of King Charles, the, um, the very red-faced alcoholic weirdo entitled man. Um, and he, I am so happy for King Charles to finally work at the age of 73. It's great that he just got a job. <laughs> um, and, uh, but Australia and New Zealand have like a fun, a kind of funny rivalry where they, they're nice to each other, but like rugby games, they get real serious. So, but, uh, you know, you're Austrian and you were describing some of the differences between Austria and Germany, which I thought were interesting. Can, so um, I, in my opinion, Germans are more globally minded. Uh, Austrians are more locally minded. Is that accurate? More or less, yes. So Germans kind of want to, um, you had one guy who used to be Austrian and he went to Germany and then he took over, he tried to take over the whole world. Mm -hmm. So I remember he, vaguely. Yeah. So he didn't want to do it from Austria. He didn't, they, they weren't, they were like, no, 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 just, just work in a, just work in the art shop. And he was like, I will take over everything. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, any other, yeah, like Germans want to solve like everyone's problems and Austrians are trying to solve their own problems, you know? Uh, and I think Germans think that there's an engineering solution to every social issue. Uh, that's the biggest thing I learned about Germans. Um, they're, they're very concerned with uh, like fixing things with like a train running on time, but then they like, um, you know, send the train to Auschwitz, for example. So, so what uh, are other things that we could, that you've experienced with Germans in Auschwitz? Um, I would just like to say that I agree with you when you say that Germany tries to fix global problems while Austria tries to fix their own problems. I agree with that. Um, in general, of course, Germany um, has a population of 85 million, I think, and we have a tenth of that. So Germany is 10 times bigger than Austria. Germany is our big brother. And um, 
I personally, I have a lot of German friends and I listen to many, many German bands. I like German language music. We have an, actually, I think Austrians have an inferiority complex. That's what it comes down to. We're a small country and see globally, we're nothing, we're nobody. In Germany, within the European Union, and also seen globally, Germany is of importance, while Austria is not. Um, I have a, my personal history is different from maybe um, somebody from Vienna or from the eastern part of Austria, because I come from Tirol, that's the region, Bundesland. And we have a lot of German tourists here. Many, many, many German tourists. That's why I have, that's why I have family friends from Germany because they come here in winter to go skiing and also in summer, of course. And maybe my grandmother was friends with um, somebody two generations above me. And then my mother was friends with um, somebody who is now, I don't know, 55. And now I'm friends with people who are my age and they are descendants of that family. So of course I have German friends. And that's another, that's a big issue that maybe we can talk about separately. We have so many people from Germany studying in Austria, in Innsbruck. Did I tell you about that when you were here? Yes, the, I think so. Yes, NC, numerous clauses. In Germany, you have to get really good grades on your A-levels. Um, I think the average would be have to be 1.0, 1.1, 1.2. Maybe when you want to study medicine in Heidelberg, which is a beautiful city in I think Essen, I'm not sure. Um, you have to have an excellent average. And if you don't do that well in your A-levels, a you might have to go to former Eastern Germany, to a town like Jena in Eastern Germany. And if you don't do really well at all, you can still study in Innsbruck. Ah. Do you get it? And so many people from Germany study psychology in Innsbruck. It's... It's amazing, really. So you might want to complain about the fact that people from Germany who don't pay taxes here go to university here and they, they don't pay anything. I think they pay 20 euro um, a semester, um, which is nothing everybody has to pay that. So they, 20, they don't pay tuition. 20 euros a semester? Yes, I didn't say 20,000. Yes, that's just a contribution to be... Uh, for year insurance or something. So it's no tuition. There's no tuition fee. Wow. So if they don't have good grades, it's like, yeah, just go to Austria and, you know, hang out with the yes. cows and the sheep. Um, and, uh, you know. I, I understand the system is stupid um, because you don't have to have excellent grades um, to make sure that you'll make a good doctor, for example. The system is stupid. I don't blame it on them, you know? Yeah. I blame it on the system. I don't blame it on a 19-year-old 19 German who wants to study, can't do that in Germany and comes to Innsbruck. Because as you've seen, it's a beautiful city. It's a great city to live in and you can also study here. So, um, And it's the, the sister uh, college of the University of New Orleans. Because uh, the exactly. University of New Orleans has a big uh, exchange mm -hmm. with uh, Innsbruck University. That's how we became friends. I also saw in, in Munich, there was this uh, 
um, next to the Glockenspiel, next to the big cuckoo clock, um, mm -hmm. there was inside this castle, they had this big plaque. And they said that Munich, they're very good friends with uh, this, you know, with like Sicily. And it's like, what? And then they said one of them was Columbus, Ohio. There was like a plaque, like, no, 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 Munich and Columbus, Ohio are really good buddies. And it's mm -hmm. like, what? <laughs> That's so random. Like, why Columbus, Ohio and not Indianapolis? And you know what I mean? But it seems like maybe they, maybe the mayors back in the day were just like college buddies. Like, I don't know how this. I have no happened. idea. I yeah. don't know. And I don't know why New Orleans and Innsbruck um, have a partnership. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe. Uh, I'm, I'm very glad that that is the case because we wouldn't have met, as you know. Hey, uh, and uh, it was uh, you, but a lot of uh, Germans like Victor and other people mm -hmm. come through. Mm -hmm. They study at Innsbruck and then they get shipped for a semester to. Uh, so, exactly. I, you know, being the only American really on campus that knows any German, I, I somehow got this whole uh, friend group, which was fun. I went to, to Memphis with uh, Victor. Uh, on, <laughs> it was just it was fun, fun times. And Mohammed from Dubai, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you know, um, I watched that little. Uh, Dubai uh, sheltered boy who only spoke Arabic in his little dorm just blossom into a full on um, street gutter um, party boy, which was very fun for me. And I maybe had a little part in uh, corrupting him. Like if he if he was trying to be a good Muslim, maybe I showed him like what the American devil was, you know. But mm -hmm. I apologize to uh, Mohammed from Dubai if he's if he's watching this. Um, here, here's what I want to say. Um, so you described, because you teach English in the EU, and, you know, the, um, there was a guy, there was an Austrian who moved to Germany who tried to unite Europe under a military solution. So he tried to invade Poland, um, Mr. Adolf, and he tried to, like, he tried to unite Europe in the same uh, Deutschland über alles, which was kind of rude. But um, some bankers are more passive aggressive. And later on, bankers were like, you know what? Um, let's just charge them all interest. And so let, let, they made the EU, which is convenient on some ways. But at the, on other ways, it denies the personal sovereignty of each individual country. You know, there's this old story of the Tower of Babel where they tried to build this, this, uh, this tower to God. But then a curse was struck on the Tower of Babel and they all spoke different languages and then the workers could not uh, communicate with each other anymore. And then uh, the, the Tower of Babel fell apart. And I see the same thing with the, when you get rid of Deutschmarks and when you get rid of French francs and you get rid of, and you put everyone on the same uh, thing so that, you know, uh, Germans only have to pay 20 euros to, to go through their whole university. Um, you try to shove everybody together. And let's also talk about Greece for a minute because uh, Greece people are very like New Orleans people. If they work four hours in a row, they have to take 10 days off to party just to <laughs> de-stress themselves from how exhausting four hours of work was. And so Germany has to bail out. Germans are like, no, we will make everything to gas or in Europe. But then uh, every month, uh, Greece is like, well, I was going to, go to work but I you know I got I drank wine and then my cousin 
Rufus came over and then, you know, he, he wanted me to help him with his shed. So, uh, look, Germany, we just, um, we, we've made almost no revenue in taxes this year, you know? And so Germany's bailing out Greece all the time to where Deutsche Bank is about to collapse maybe. And, and so it's the Tower of Babel to have the EU together. You can't just like jam everybody with different cultures together. When, when every country has its own, its own currency in my, in my way of thinking, uh, every country has its own sovereignty over its own destiny. What do you think about that? I think that speaking about the EU is extremely complex and dangerous as well. I don't know. I don't know too much about what happened in Greece with the banks. I must admit, I, I don't know too much about that. I was when was that? Was that, was that uh, 2004 or a 2008? The Lehman shock mm -hmm. crisis. I wasn't that young then, but I don't really know too much about it. And um, I would like to point out that actually you said it was bankers who decided to form the EU to unify Europe. That's probably not entirely wrong, but remember it started out as a peace project. The, do you remember it, it used to be called the Europäische Gemeinschaft für Kohle und Stahl, European Association or something for coal and steel because they wanted to avoid another war or world war happening in Europe. Because the wars, you know, they used to be about this and that, and they wanted to make sure this wouldn't happen again because they, they didn't want a, an economic war to start again. That's why they formed it in 19. Do you remember? Do you know when it was formed? I should um, know because I'm a European, but I don't know. I think so. When I went uh, in 2002, um, mm -hmm. we used euros, but it was kind of new. So I want to say mm -hmm. it happened. No, around I, I, was, I was talking about yeah. the union in general. I don't know. So that was in the 1940s or 50s. I should know, but I don't. But the oh. euro 2001, I think. Yeah, Maybe yeah. 2002, something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember them, we were. You could still, in certain restaurants, you would bring your Deutschmarks there, and then the restaurant would take the Deutschmarks to the bank and get euros. So that they were exactly. still in the middle of phasing out the Deutschmark. Yes. But I, yes. Um, so, yeah, in as, 2002, it was a, like a new mm -hmm. system. As I grew up, um, I still knew Schilling, which was um, our currency in Austria. But then, as soon as I started going to school and having a little money and spending a little money, we had euros. Mm. So I cannot imagine having a different currency because Germany is so extremely close. We're so close to the Italian border. Maybe it's comparable to the States, the United States of America. You can, it would be extremely stupid to go to New York or whatever, I mean, New York State, and having to get another currency. I you know, agree some, with you. There are some big countries in the European Union, but also some very small ones. And you could compare those to the northeast um, states of the United States, which are very small. And when you compare Slovenia and Austria and some other small states in the EU, it's probably more or less the same. It would be extremely 
So you and said I wouldn't blame anything that goes wrong within the European Union on bankers. But that's just my opinion. That's just well, uh, you, you've said two things there that I want to uh, comment on. Number one, you said that it's dangerous to talk about the EU. Why are there no, not, the thought um, police? Did I say dangerous? Did I say dangerous? You did, yes. Okay, but, okay. So Maybe other... that's just because I wasn't really, um, I didn't really agree with what you said about how it started. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, well, you're in Europe. I'm in the United States. So I just showed up right after it changed. So I, I you know, and, and I was only knew what I was exposed to. But yeah. but in my way of thinking, uh, bankers, you know, they often when they cause wars like uh, um, there was a guy called uh, Avil Harriman and Prescott Bush, and they funded Hitler out of Wall Street. So there's a book called Wall Street and the Rise of Hitler. And bankers in New York were helping Hitler get his machine going. And then they were, when America would do bombing raids on Germany, they would avoid certain certain uh, entities that were owned, like Bayer was not bombed and mm. certain, uh, like Dresden was bombed, but then certain other places weren't bombed that would were more strategic military targets. So at the end of the day, I see bankers pulling the puppet strings to keep their interests together, in my opinion. Plus, after the war, then we got Werner von Braun, uh, who started NASA. So, I mean, the Nuremberg trials was more of like a PR maneuver, and then we just took all of their scientists and, and brought them to Nevada to go study at the, uh, the Area 51, and I don't know, talk mm -hmm. with aliens? I don't know. I, I don't. <laughs> Let's not talk about the lizards that run the world from the back. <laughs> But what I will say about bankers is, oh, my God, the scum of the earth. So you have people who are creative, like authors, writers, screenwriters, you know, comedians, you know, like smart people. And then you have people who are like with no imagination who are like, I want money. I'm going to work at the money store. So just that's bankers. That's bankers. And so they try to, you know, be at the top of the pyramid, like uh, the, the word mortgage is is slow death so i do this uh this in french mortgage is slow death so i do this joke where in, i say that there's different ways that you can get someone to fall in love with you and one strategy one love strategy is that you can take a van and you can go to a neighborhood that you've never been before and you can put a big lock on the van and then and then capture somebody and then put them in your van and then drive to your house and then make them live in a cage in your basement and once a week you can feed them pudding and um after a while they'll fall in love because that's stockholm syndrome but nobody's told me the difference between stockholm syndrome and and a 30-year mortgage it sounds like the same thing it's like i gotta live here and love you what the hell so um so uh, you know bankers have more passive aggressive ways to just charge everybody interest on their dreams and then they just sit back and collect so i don't like bankers that's my opinion and uh, when you when you jam everybody together, like you say, there are smaller uh, states and it was easy to go from Munich to Austria and use the same currency. We didn't have to exchange. But that little convenience, every time you give up a little convenience, then they take more sovereignty from you. You see what I'm saying? Give up freedoms. In I, I do see what you're saying, but I think it's extremely complex. And I wouldn't um, 
I wouldn't want to get rid of the EU in general, but it's, I mean, for sure, we have to change something within the European Union, that's for sure. Um, bureaucracy is an, an extremely big problem, for example, and giving up our sovereignty, I don't know. Um, sovereignty, I would say that is connected with um, nationality or some sort of pride that is um, connected with um, what it means to be an Austrian. And I personally, I don't know what it means to be an Austrian because we have regional identities as well. And not just, I don't have an Austrian identity. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. So I don't mind giving up that. Of course, um, pride or some sort of national pride is not the same as sovereignty, but it's connected. So when you say we have to give up sovereignty for little conveniences, I don't know what to make of that because I don't know what to make of the term sovereignty. Do you know what I mean? Also, we're maybe it's connected to Austria being so small. We're maybe not everybody would agree, but I would say that we're we're nobody in the world. So we are nothing without Germany or France or Italy or whoever standing by. Do you know what I mean? We, we need the union because we wouldn't we wouldn't have anything to say in the world. I a small country. So being from New Jersey, now I live in Texas. Texas is like, the culture here is like, I want to have my lawn. And then anyone who comes on my lawn, I can shoot them dead. And in New Jersey, um, there's just more, like you throw a rock and you hit five lawyers uh, suing each other. So, um, you know, it's just a different culture. So I, I like more, I don't know which I like more. But mm. Texas is all about this is my property, stay off my lawn. And then um, they, if they walk in and their wife and they're cheating on them, they can shoot everybody dead. In New Jersey, if you walk in and your wife cheating on you, then they all get lawyers and then the house is liquidated. And you know what I mean? So it's just, <laughs> there's different cultures. They're Thank very you. loosely, loosely connected by the propaganda yeah. machine of CNN and our fiat currency. <laughs> very loose federation of, uh, you know, whatever. But I want to talk uh, about, we're going to have to take a break in five minutes and uh, refresh the feed. But also, I want to talk about this. So you, you teach English in the EU, in Austria. Mm -hmm. And going, going with my theme I was talking about earlier of the Tower of Babel, is that you're not only teaching Austrian students English. So you don't just have to teach the hillbilly, um, you know, skiing, uh, you know, the mountain people who like skiing, and then you teach their little brats uh, English. Because uh, mm -hmm. a train gets off every day at the Hauptbahnhof, the, the central train station of Innsbruck, and uh, people from all over the EU uh, with different first languages, different second languages, they, they don't have a, a foundation of the same culture so when you try to build someone's intellect, you need a foundation and then, okay, so you know about your times tables. Now let's learn about long division. Okay, now let's learn about fractions and now let's learn about, you know, just a map. You have to start mm -hmm. here. Exactly. Same with English, same with everything. So do you want to talk about, and, and then some of the kids like to competitively choke each other and skateboard. 
And so uh, you have to have eyes in the back of your head as a teacher. So um, what am I talking about, Krista? Um, I think what you, you want to say is that it's extremely exhausting and most of the time frustrating as well. Because what university prepares me for in my teacher training program, what it prepared me for, is nothing at all like what I'm experiencing now. Because as I told you when you were here in Innsbruck, um, we have I have students from all over the place, and they don't really. Some of them um, are good speakers of German. Some of good know how to speak their mother language or the first language well and that's very often not German but I would say that the majority of them doesn't really have the foundation of German and they don't have they sometimes they don't even know how to speak their first language properly I have a co-worker who's from Turkey and she speaks Turkish and we have many 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 students from Turkey and she tells me that she tells them to stop speaking Turkish when they do that in the lesson or in the break because she knows that they don't speak Turkish properly. So they don't really know how to speak Turkish or German, which means that they have no foundation whatsoever to learn a second or third language. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Sure. They, and I don't know what to build on if I don't have any foundation. Also, um, in the first year of English, Students, um, they learn how to tell the time in English. Um, it is 20 minutes past five. Um, well, I would say it's 5.20, of course, or now it's 7.35, but they would have to say, um, it's um, 25 minutes to eight, actually, which is much more complicated, but that's how it is. The problem is very often that they don't know um, how to read. Is that how you say it in English? Read the clock. They can't right. tell the time yeah, they, because yeah. they just know it digitally. Yeah. And when they look at a clock, they don't know what time it is. And they can't tell the time in German or in Turkish or in Serbian or in any other language. So we would have to um, teach them how to read time in general, which is something that they should have learned at home. Then when they go to school, when they're 10 or 11 years old, um, they're able to learn it in English, but that's not the case. Mm. And that's just one of my problems. That's just an example. So so just talking of the, the time, uh, we call that analog versus digital. Analog meaning mm -hmm. physical and yeah. tactile. Uh, so like, like the glockenspiel is like an analog. Uh, exactly. Clock. Yes. Um, you, so, are you talking about the Kuckucksur? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Glockenspiel. Yeah, analog, uh, just, you know. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, so let's refresh the feed in uh, yes. the second half with my friend Krista Lieser in just Very a moment. And so it's, um, it's delicate to talk about the EU, you know. Yes. Who, who votes for the EU diplomats? uh nobody that's not oh. a democratic process oh that's you good. mean diplomats like the diplomat of italy in austria well who who the president i don't know who's the president of the uh, EU? you mean the repre representatives or representatives yeah. of austria um we have eu elections where um hmm, i don't know the english word 
participation, voter participation is very low traditionally. Right, right, But right. we have elections, so it is a democratic process. Um, who, who voted for King Charles? Anyway. Well, that's something completely. <laughs> I, I heard he pulled himself up by his bootstraps. You know, he was just a hard worker. He was just a middle-class oligarch, and he just really... Um, From rags to riches. Woke up every day, and he really... You know, when you're beating your servants with a whip, that can, you can get calluses on your hand. So it's I very know, traumatic. I know I'm a school teacher. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> very traumatic. So your, your training, um, we were talking about jamming the whole EU and the different problems that can happen when you put everyone under the same currency. For example, you mm -hmm. were telling about that uh, your colleague is Turkish and, and um, they, the Turkish students can't even properly speak Turkish. And then she doesn't want them to speak it so that you can learn. They all start with German to then exactly. learn English so that everyone's yeah. on the same page. Yes, I have to add that um, some of them do speak good Turkish and good German too, and then good English as well. It's not all of them. I don't want to generalize, but it is a problem. That's well, for sure. I mean, with me, for example, I'm good with English and writing, but if you put me in a math class, I'm legally retarded. So, you know, we all have mm -hmm. our, our strong suits and our, and our downfalls. Yeah. I'm like that as well, by the way. <laughs> the Tower of Babel, you put all these kids together, it's not all bad, but you want to be on the same page. So if, if all the students were, were Austrian, perhaps there's a light and a dark side. You would, maybe they would get to, uh, they would all help each other ascend um, more easily, but also maybe, maybe they wouldn't get exposed to different cultures. So now they have friends. That's a good point. They have yeah. friends in Turkey, so they can go to Budapest or whatever. And is, is that in Turkey, Budapest? No, that's Hungary. Oh, you know, that's, that's all these little countries. You know what I'm talking about. Um, so, um, I'm also of course, not it's not that simple. I would never want to do away with a pluralistic society or with um, the many, the variety of nations that I have in my school and the variety of languages. I want to view it as something positive. But... Um, Realistically, I have to say that it does cause problem. But as always, there are there are stupid people from all from all cultures. As there are assholes in the U.S. and there are assholes in Germany, but there are nice people in the U.S. and there are nice people in Germany. You know what I want to say. You know what I'm talking about, right? I know what you're talking about. And uh, yeah, there's also sister cities, Munich and Cincinnati, Ohio, of all places. <laughs> I wonder if the guy from the mayor of Cincinnati, Ohio, he can uh, go to Munich, you know, and, and with his dumb family and they could rent a car and they can run everybody over. And the mayor of Munich is going to be like, hey, you know, but he's my sister. So, hey, he's cool. Don't worry about it. Um, diplomats. That's what we need. Diplomats with diplomatic yeah. immunity who can go around and, and uh, wreak havoc. <laughs> um. Do you remember a couple of minutes ago, actually the moment is gone, but I um, I just thought of something that is actually fun and I want to share with you. Sure. When you said that I don't have to teach skiing, um, Billy, that's what you said, I think, Austrians, English. You remember you said that? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, so I don't have to teach ski skiing instructors English. 
that's something we have here. People who speak English so that they can instruct skiing. So mm -hmm. they need basic vocabulary plus um, the one that is needed for skiing. And my uncle once told me about a guy who wasn't, who obviously wasn't able to speak um, specific, uh, the, the kind of um, language, English language that you need specifically, specifically for teaching skiing or instructing how to ski because um, the, I think it would be edge when when you imagine a ski, one ski, and yeah. then you have an edge, which has to be really sharp. Mm -hmm. um, the German word for that is Kante, K-A-N-T-E. And that guy said to um, his um, student who wanted to learn how to ski, and it was a woman, he said to her, you have to use your Kant. Ah, yeah. Get it? <laughs> That's a false. So I, when I was learning German, there's like false friends, you know, that, yeah. that, that some words sound like the right word, but they're totally different words. Like mm -hmm. I always get confused of uh, Kirsche, uh, cherry and church. So uh, yeah. the word for uh, cherry yes. is Kirsche and the word for church is Kirsche. Kirsche uh, is church and Kirsche is cherry. Yeah, mm -hmm. This is the most difficult one for me. So I never thought of that as a problem, but of course, it's just one letter. That uh, makes yeah, so you have like these these uh, words that sound that, <laughs> like. And we have, we have English words that don't mean um, the same thing in English. We say Hindi um, when we mean phone or mobile phone. We say Hindi, mm. like practical Hindi. And I have to tell my uh, kids at school that Handy is not an English word, actually, when they want to say mobile phone. And there is more stuff like that. So, yeah, false friends all over the place. Well, also, um, all of the students, uh, the German exchange students that came to New Jersey, um, they, they learn British English. So they would spell color with a U and, and yeah. different things like this. And they would have like, like where they would ask where the loo was and it, nobody it, or they would say flat and we say apartment. They say loo, we say bathroom. So like mm -hmm. literally Americans mm -hmm. don't know what they were talking about. Some that's how, that's how it is in the books that we use. It's British English. I speak, I would say my accent is American English and that's how I speak in school as well. And if one of my kids writes color without the U, I don't correct that. I'm glad he knows the word. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would never correct that. Yeah. No. You're like, oh, but yeah, we, we were taught British English at school. And today I noticed as I was speaking to my colleague, and we often do that in front of the kids, we often speak English so that they get used to hearing English. That is good. Um, I wanted, I told her that I'm doing the podcast with you tonight and she wanted me to share it. And I told her that I wasn't going to share it, um, that I would have to see how it goes because, um, and I was saying that in front of the children, um, in case I talk, I wanted to say bullshit, of course, but in front of the children, I couldn't think of a better word than rubbish. So I was speaking to her, like I'm speaking to you now, and I had to think of a word that is okay to say in front of the children, and I said rubbish, which is a word that I would never, ever say in normal life. Mm. That's that's totally British English, isn't it? It's very much so, very much yeah, so. Yeah, and I said it like like this, like rubbish. 
Yeah. But yeah. In, in an American, uh, you can find bullshit in an American dictionary. Right next, <laughs> right next to my gun. That's where I keep my dictionary. Anyway. Um, so you have, uh, <laughs> Europe, Europe they, they think of these bloodlines, right? Even in your family, you have like bloodline generational friends. And um, I wonder, uh, so you said that your, your grandpapa knew uh, German. And then when you came to Munich in 2018, when we uh, hung out with me and my dad at Oktoberfest, you stayed with a family friend. You have these bloodline mm -hmm. friends. Um, I'm very worried about, you know, and, and sometimes when you sleep on someone's couch and it's fine, it's great. Uh, I find that in uh in the british royal family for example it's it's just nepotism and it's so i just don't like the 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 idle rich the ruling class and when the king charles is too lazy to uh uh rule or whatever he just you know charges interest he just gives the banks to charge interest or whatever and he doesn't even pay this is the other thing i want to say uh that in the commonwealth in canada and austria and not austria australia and New Zealand, when someone dies, they have to give 40% of their wealth to the state. But when Queen Elizabeth died, um, they didn't they didn't do that. <laughs> so that's that's good. That's so good. Isn't, so isn't that so let's look up the word hypocrite real quick. So I'm sorry, <laughs> let's just look up the word hypocrite real quick. Um, diplomats and diplomatic immunity. So uh, there was this thing that happened, uh, you know, the UN is in New York City. And this lovely uh, diplomat, he ran over a bunch of people and, um, you know, he didn't go to jail. So I think that's good. So um, he just ran over a bunch of school children because he was drunk or like he was hanging out with Hunter Biden on crack cocaine, driving a Bentley. You know, he doesn't go to jail. Anyway. Um, Actually, I don't even know about that. I've never heard of that, which is very telling. Well, uh, yeah. What would happen? Can, can an EU administrator become arrested for a crime against humanity or no i hope so and i hope that it would be a scandal if anything like that happened in the eu or um, with somebody important or a diplomat um, involved happened i hope i don't know maybe something like that like that happened yesterday and we will never know about it uh. Do you find that the is the journal? Do you trust the journalists and the the mainstream news in your country? Do you think that they, um, you know, George Orwell said very very well that um, everything that journalists journalism is printing what the ruling class doesn't want you to print. Everything else is public relations. Everything else is selling. Um, so do you think that the journalists in Austria are good and they speak voice to power or are they um, bought and paid for by the ruling class? I think it depends on the publisher or the newspaper, but in general, I do, I do trust journalists, not blindly, but still. Oh. Yeah, I do. So it you depends, you know, there's, um, what are those types of, um, of newspapers called broadsheets? No. Tabloids? Yes, tabloids and broadsheets. Broadsheets? Broad like that. I like high what... quality newspaper. Oh. Uh, Depends on the newspaper. We have BS, we have good newspapers. Yeah. But yeah, I do in general, I do trust journalists. Yeah. Um, so 
I went to the Hohenschwangau Castle in, in, mm-hmm. in 2018. I went to Hohenschwangau and Neuschwanstein. And uh, there was a bunch of um, depictions of lizards on the uh, ceiling and um, like knights fighting lizards. And uh, there were they, the tour guide taught us about this ivory chest that keeps this documents. And then this piano made out of uh, elephant tusks. And then this mm-hmm. other, pi- uh, and then I said- Wait What's a what? minute, ivory is the same as elephant tusks, right? Isn't that the same thing? Ivory, yes, yes. Yes, yes. elephant tusks, that's yes. the same thing. Correct. Okay, continue. So, then I said, what's with the lizards? And then, you know what she goes, I forgot, let's go to the next room. And I go, you're covering, they're covering this up. So do, um, would you know anything about this? What is the, are there, are there, is there, is that all lure of knights fighting lizards and uh, dragons, slaying dragons? Or is this, uh, do you know anything about that? Um, I have one clue, but that make, that might be completely off. Um, I know that in former times, so maybe in the Middle Ages or so, there were different guilds and people were in different communities. Like the, you were either a fisherman or you were in trade or something like that. And there were animals that um, symbolized the, the, the community or guild you were in. And you would have a fish or something or a mermaid on your door. Um, you know, sometimes there are like rings you use to knock a door. Yes. And they would have an animal or a mermaid or something, not the ring, but something in the shape of a fish, for example, on the door. So people from outside would immediately know what community you belong to. You would probably know from the smell. You would probably be approaching the building and <laughs> yeah. it would smell a certain yeah. thing. But go on. Yeah. And maybe lizards have a meaning that is um, connected to that. Maybe lizards stand for, I don't know, what kind of trade. Maybe it's connected. Or the, the warrior class, the warrior guild, the fighting. Maybe. Could people. be. Hmm. Yeah. There's also a symbol for clerical um like the church mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah maybe it's connected but i don't know it sounds very i don't know what what was she trying to cover up i don't know i maybe that maybe she simply so, didn't know when, so, when my students at school when they ask me a question and i have no idea i just try to avoid the topic and i pretend like my phone is ringing or something Oh, your handy? Oftentimes, I, yes, my handy. <laughs> so maybe maybe it's not that. Maybe she just had no idea. Well, let me tell you this. <clears throat> Speaking of, of nepotism, you would, we after uh, visiting the Hohenschwangau Castle and the Neuschwanstein Castle, after the tour was over, uh, I realized that we only saw 40% of the castle and they said that the rest of the castle is still occupied by the Bavarian royals. And I wondered if the, if I open a door, if I'm going to see a lizard who who runs it, you know. <laughs> a man-like like, lizard, probably. Like it's probably. just like just the ruling class, you know. You don't you don't necessarily get to see uh, Clap Thor, you know. But Clap Thor is is you know he he whispers to the bankers what. 
to do his bidding at. But when you when you say Bavarian royals, I have to tell you that in my opinion, they have they don't have anything to say. They don't they don't have any power. They're maybe just they're just theoretically Bavarian royals, like this or something. Do you know what I mean? Well, they I live in a castle and we spent a hundred dollars to, to go around their castle for an hour. So they're making some kind of money. They're at least making some euros off the tourists. Yes, of course, they might have money, but I don't think they have power. I don't really know. think so. They live in a castle. Know. That is true. That's true. Especially the Neuschwanstein castle, like after you, you go around it. Now, the Hohenschwangau castle, they have a, a gift uh, shop that you're only allowed in the corner of this building, which is the gift shop, but the rest is a whole castle that, that they live in. And then mm -hmm. in the Neuschwanstein castle, you get to go in uh, certain floors, but then the uh, then we went around the side and I was like, oh, we only saw like 30% of this building. And then there was a gate with all these cameras, like security mm -hmm. cameras, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So maybe, mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that there's people that are so inbred that if you saw them, it would be shocking. <laughs> probably yes like they have like like webbed fingers and stuff they're like half a fish because they're like let's just keep the money in the family you know what i mean but uh yeah so the t <laughs> uh i'm out of questions but i had a great time talking to you uh Me one too, of the good ones too, out Eric. there krista reiser lisa lisa, lisa. Mm -hmm. um i can um re no. reassure Yes. Is, that, is that that word? I can reassure you that many of my kids at school who have known me for almost two years still don't know my name and they don't know how to pronounce my name. So don't worry. All right. Well, I did. Uh, in, uh, I just I switched the I and the E. Yeah, the, don't worry about that. Well, that's more because I'm slightly dyslexic and I smoke pot sometimes. But um, uh, my family loves you. My dad loves you. Uh, you're a great friend to me. I love and them, too. They were I mean, we uh, we had a great time. It was so much fun. It was so far. My family, we were so exhausted because we got on that train at 5.52. We, we went mm -hmm. through a castle of inbred Bavarians. And then we exactly. got on another train. And then we, you know, by the time I saw you, I was like, I, you know, we've been up for 14 hours already and we have to go all the way back to Munich today. So, but uh, again, you were a breath of fresh air. You got us a uh, ray of sunshine. You got us right where we, you, you knew how to use our tickets. I didn't, I didn't just get you a ray of sunshine. I got you some snow as well. That's true. Actually, but it was snowing up there. It was snowing at the top of the Alps. And I'm very annoyed because, you know, you didn't tell me to wear the right boots and you didn't warn me about the, so. Um, I know, yeah, I'm a, a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> a great shame. <laughs> Highway I'm sure diary. Your dad now wants the money back. Remember, oh, yeah. he invited mm -hmm. me on dinner, and I'm sure he wants his money back now. Now that he's had some time to reflect, he probably yes wouldn't You're have wanted get... to invite me. Well, um, yes. Well, you know, the Holler box are Germans at heart. So maybe six months from now, he will ask you for his pennies back and uh, <laughs> to balance because. You said something funny about Germans. It's like if they get a receipt and it's two cents off, they will make a, a, a point to, mm -hmm. to to berate and talk down to their server. You know, yes. like Prince Char uh, King Charles now. He, he has calluses in his hands for beating. It's very hard work to be <laughs> to be a tyrant. It's King Charles. King it's Charles. Not Prince Charles anymore. I know. King. I, he got a job now at 73. What a, what a <laughs> lovely, and, and it was, 
there was a people voted for him. He's very popular. I, I just think of all the poor people who now have to take all of the paper money and and, and burn it and then put his ugly face on it. And he's only going to live another what ten years with the. You can you know some people. He's so red in the face. It's like his diet is brandy and baby blood. I don't know. He's just as red in the face. Yes, um, he is. All right. Um, what you said, what you just said about the two cents on the receipt reminded me of something. Because um, in preparation for this, I remembered that because you asked me to think about German uh, differences between Germans and Austrians. And I remembered that when I went to Iceland, that was almost 10 years ago, I read some um, reviews of hotels online. I think, yeah, hotels, even though when I was in Iceland, I didn't really sleep in hotels because they're extremely expensive. And somebody from Germany complained that the jacuzzi at the hotel, the jacuzzi outside was too warm. And that's something to me that is something essentially German. Mm. And somebody else at a different hotel, they also, that guy was from Germany as well, or maybe it was a woman, I don't know. They complained about the toasted bread at the breakfast buffet being too brown. Mm. And do you know what I mean? Disgusting. I don't think that... that To me, that is just German. Maybe that's because I'm so um, I have I have had so much experience in my life with German tourists in Tirol that um that I'm very um that I'm very aware of stuff like that, and I notice stuff like that. Maybe Austrians will complain about that too, but I find it typically typically German to do that. When you yes. go to Iceland to have some adventure, you complain about jacuzzi, which is too warm. Do you know what I mean? I mean, if the, 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 that's a very easily solvable problem. So, so if you go in a jacuzzi, it's too warm. Then you, instead of going for 15 minutes and then uh, you're recommended to be in a jacuzzi for 15 minutes and, and then go out, maybe, maybe be in it for seven and then go out. Um, so it's not something that you need to bring management necessarily involved. But yeah. uh, the bread, I, I don't know. I'm on your side. If I get toasted bread, I throw it right at the cook and I say, this is bullshit. <laughs> and then I- But this is my, rubbish. This is rubbish. This is rubbish. I'm from Texas. You can't <laughs> take the- I've been in Texas a year. And whenever I call my sister, I'm like, hey, it's your brother from Texas. I'll shoot you dead. You know, I, I assimilate quickly. I assimilate mm -hmm, quickly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We have a sponsor for the program, ACBD Remedy. Get ACBD Remedy promo code ERIC for 20% off your order. Finally, this, uh, this is the end of this program. Uh, I could talk to you all day. Highway Diary episode 360 with Krista Reiser. Thanks for coming on. I'm going to stop recording.